With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How's it going, everyone? Um, so, Reading just finished. For those that don't know, I'm talking about the uh, Straight Arrow Bowhunters Western Classic Trail Shoot for 2021. Um, I got a lot of people asking, like, how to break into the 1500s. You know, before I jump into all that, though, everyone's probably like, well, what is this podcast? What are you, what are you all about, dude? Um, you know, I, I, uh, kind of guest host on another podcast called Rootcast Archery. That's, a, uh, I would, if you're trying to get better at archery, I would suggest going there. You know, Rudy's a great coach. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that, like, I want to say that I feel like I don't want to implicate Rudy <laughs> or get Rudy canned for anything. So, you know, I kind of started this thing. It's Archery Unfiltered. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know who I am, uh, you know, I'm just a guy. It's just basically, uh, I, I call myself a has-been shooter all the time. And the reason for that being is I used to shoot very competitively and very seriously i'd say i shot um i guess you could say i was a full-time shooter even though i was was an amateur and as an amateur i was when i put like the most effort into at the time trying to get the uh, nfaa shooter of the year title um you know i shot an 899 in vegas a bunch of people were there to see me choke on my last arrow it was still an awesome experience um I've won Reading as an amateur, shooting a fifteen twenty four. Um, that was for the NFAA. Uh, I placed third in the first Dakota Classic. Uh, I won field nationals in what was it Yankton? I can't remember where it was. It was so long ago. But I won field nationals. I I have a national record. I actually tied a national record. I'm right up there with the. Uh, with uh, the master Mark Rubio, and you know, got our names in the books. Anyway, enough about enough about all this bragging bullshit. Uh, I just wanted to. There's a bunch of stuff that I wanted to tell you guys, and it. I'm not sure if I'm gonna get it all into one podcast or if it's gonna be like a handful of them. But I'm gonna tell you guys exactly how I think about the sport that we do, and how I think you could get better. So that you don't have to call me, you don't have to text me, or you can go out there and just shoot archery and feel good about yourself. And so the first big thing is breaking a 1500 in Reading. Um, I hear like a lot of people ask me, how do I break 1500 in Reading? And it's like, well, I have, uh, for the last, I'll say three, three times I've shot Reading, I've been either 1510 I think the first time I broke 15 was like 1510 or 1514 and then immediately after that I did the 1524 and won in the amateur class this year I shot a 1523 which is like okay but the bar's kind of been raised or well, maybe the bar's always been raised but when if you're looking at trying to win an event 
it's pretty much in the 1530s is where you have to be. And Chris Perkins won it with, I think, I think it was 1539 or 38. He was like one or two down. So that tells you right there, if you want to win it, that's what you're looking at. If you're looking at winning the team event, if you can shoot a 1530 and your partner can shoot a 1530, you're looking good. That's what you need. There's no, you know, there's no, what's the word, concessions for that. That is what is required. Um, but a lot of people just want to shoot a 1500. It's like a personal benchmark. And, uh, and it's, I think a lot of people put a lot more like they make it seem harder than it is not to say a 1500 isn't hard and i don't want to put anyone down and say you know small potatoes everyone has their own benchmarks all right 1500 is an admirable benchmark admirable benchmark but let me break it down for you guys and i hope you don't mind i'm drinking my coffee <clears throat> i don't care if you do or don't but anyway uh the way reading works is you got three days of shooting you get 25 targets on day one, 25 on day two, and then 20 on day three. Um, at 17 targets with 11-10-8 scoring, which I don't want to like get into everything, but basically you're trying to hit a little orange dot, right? It's pretty, I want to say little, it's a medium-sized orange dot. It's, uh, that's your 11. There's a gigantic white ring around it. That's your 10, all right? And then the animal's an 8, uh, that should be off limits in your mind, okay? It should be 10 or better. Oh, it should be 11 with a fallback on 10. Uh, if you're trying to win, <laughs> if you're trying to get into that 30s, it's like 11 or nothing. <laughs> and so basically, if you cleaned Redding, if you, if you walked out there and cleaned Redding, it would be a 1540. And uh, there's only a, one person I know of that says he cleaned Redding and he's full of shit. So, uh, I th I'm pretty sure the record is one down held by, uh, Jesse Broadwater. Uh, Jesse did that using just an X10. I saw a lot of people this year busting out like fat, fat arrows for the short, you know, short yardages and stuff. But, uh, I'm pretty sure Jesse did it with just X10s and no, no real tricks up his sleeve except for the fact that he's a badass. So, uh, let's see. Basically, if you get the total of 1540... You're allowed to drop 40 points and still make your benchmark, right? If your personal benchmark is 1,500, think about that. You can drop 40 freaking points. That's a ton of points. I can't imagine. I mean, granted, that's not my, my benchmark. It's not a 1,500. My benchmark right now is the 1530s. But uh, I don't know of many events where you can go to drop 40 points and still walk away feeling good about your archery, right? So the fact that you can do that here tells you there's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of stuff that you can do if you don't overthink it, you know, and this is doable. I'm telling you, like you sitting at home listening to this, you can break 1500. Mostly you got to get outside of your brain. Your brain is the thing that's holding you back. And uh, I'll prove it to you by just breaking down the math here. Like, what's 40 points look like on 70 targets? You could basically 21, which is one arrow in the orange, one arrow in the 10 ring, which, come on, guys, you should be getting in the 10 ring, all right? If, if you cannot get them in the 10 ring, 1,500 should not be your benchmark, all right? Your benchmark should be, I don't even know. Uh, 
let's, let's just throw a ballpark out there. I'll say fourteen fifty. All right, that's that should be your benchmark. But basically, uh, you could twenty one, and uh, you know, if my math is wrong, if there's someone out there that is like a legitimately smart person, and they're listening to this and just running the numbers in their head, and they're like, no, that's wrong. I I don't give a shit. All right, it's close. My math is close. Uh, you so basically, uh, what I wrote up last night was that you know just pondering over is that um you could basically 21 28 of those targets and you could 22 only you know if you can 22 the other 42 that means i mean granted it's unrealistic to say you're going to clean anything but realistically you could stay clean two days and then on the third day not 22 anything and still hit a 1500 that's huge that's huge um, granted going clean a day in writing is tough. Uh, I know guys that have done like one down in a day. Uh, some guys have done clean. Like it's for me, I'm at the level I'm shooting at right now. And the amount of work I'm putting into archery, I'm trying to keep, you know, I'm trying to keep it under five down a day is, is what I'm, what I'm striving for. Anyway, <clears throat> enough about me. Um, so if you think about that, all right, the hard targets at Reading are Bigfoot, the Canyon Bears, the Elk Herd, and there's a couple bears right before Bigfoot, uh, and in a little mini canyon, right? And I know some of you probably thinking like, oh, those aren't the hard ones. This one's the hard one. Hey dude, whatever. If that's what you think, that's fine. Okay. I don't give a shit. But basically Bigfoot is 101. Uh, the Canyon Bears are, what the hell are the Canyon Bears? I'm trying to pull up a map here. Uh, I want to say they were like 60, 60 yards or 63. Maybe they were shorter than that, but I know the Canyon Bears always get people. Uh, the Elk Herd is the 88 yard shot. And the pre-Bigfoot Bears, I think is like 50? 50-ish? Um, now, those are four targets that, like, without knowing you and without being an asshole, I'm going to guess you that you, the listener, are going to 21 those. Unless somehow Chris Perkins finds a way to listen to this and he's just sitting back going, <laughs> no, 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 I'm 20. I'm not 22-ish shit all day. But basically, those are the four targets. Bigfoot, Canyon Bears, Elk Herd, the pre-Bigfoot Bears. I don't know what they call them. That's just what I call them. That's eight points right there. You could 20 those four targets. 20. That means just get them in the 10 ring. Don't have to hit orange. If you can get 10 ring on those. And I'm guessing a 10 ring is like a two-foot circle, right? You just get both arrows inside that two-foot circle. That's You get a 20, right? So for those four targets, if you 20 all of those, that's only eight points you've dropped. Um, you still have 32 points that you're allowed to drop throughout the day. So think about that. I've just laid out the four hardest targets for you. And I just gave them to you. All right? Granted, giving them to you is still shooting a 10. you got to shoot a 10. But if I give those to you, you still get 32 points that you're allowed to miss on 66 targets. Basically, half of the targets left you have to 22. That's not even all of them. That's about half. Uh, 
So you, you could 20 those guys, and if your 21 game is on, if you can figure out why you missed one real quick, and then you 22 the easy shit, you could you could effectively, you know, walk out of there with higher than a 1,500. It's, it's all about your mindset. And, and when you come up to a target, are you going to be like, oh, God, oh, God, this... This 42-yard target is, you know, making me tremble here or, you know, I'm shaking in my boots. No, no, you're not going to do that. You're going to walk up there. You're going to say, this is one of the easy ones. Wendell told me I don't have to worry about this. Bam, 22. So I, I kind of looked everything over. I think there are only 18 targets above 45 yards, right? So I might be wrong, you know, but I'm pretty sure I was just looking over the target map. If not, it's close around 18 targets above 45 yards out of 70 total targets if you 22 everything 45 yards and under uh that would get you to 1100 points easy you could i mean think about how many people here can shoot 45 yards and under i'm guessing all of you all of you with a with a decent setup, you know, even with a not decent setup, you could put two arrows in at 45. I kind of feel like that's the what kind of got you hooked into this sport to begin with, is you wanted to do something a little more challenging than that. But if you 22'd everything 45 and under, that's 52 targets. That's two-thirds of it basically that would get you 1144 for the 18 targets left you could 20 and still get a 1500 so just think about that when you go to reading right and i know it's easier said than done like i'm not gonna lie i'm pretty sure i dropped a point on like a 43 yard goat you know and uh it was one point but it was something that should have, you know, in my mind should have been 22 that I kind of just bitched out and broke a crappy shot. Um, but, like, let that sink in for a minute. You only have to 22 the easy, easy stuff. 45 and under, all right? That's a relatively big dot size for the distance. And then everything else, you could just 20. You could just half-ass it. And if you didn't half-ass it, if you got lucky... If, if you legitimately are, like, struggling with long-distance stuff, and, like, Lord knows, I struggle with long-distance stuff, too. I feel like it's my kryptonite, you know? Um, I, I, I think that's what sets apart good shooters now from bad shooters is, like, long-distance success percentage. Um, you, just think about that. You could, you could just 20 all the hard shit. Just get them in the 10 ring. You could send shit down range and bam, you got your 1500. So, you know, hopefully nobody finds this offensive, but I'm just trying to put it into context that the 1500 is easier. It's not unobtainable. You guys can all do it. You know, basically all this little, all these numbers and crap that I wrote down and says that. Uh, comes down to this. So if we 22 all the easy stuff and just hit inside the 10 on the hard stuff, right? Then I'll get it. Wrong. <laughs> you need to focus. 
All right, uh, Reading is not designed to be a cakewalk. Maybe for someone who's not shooting for score, it's fun. It's just straight up fun. And it's straight up fun, you know, if you're competing too. But um, you, you legit have to focus if you want to do good at this. If you're trying to shoot for score, if you're trying to put down a certain number, you have to focus. And what does that mean? It means one, don't miss set your sight. Don't, for, don't walk up to a target and miss set your sight and shoot a fucking zero or shoot an eight or do something that's so it's basically setting your sight should be step you know they talk about your step process your shot process john dudley has this 60 step shot process step one should always be set your sight okay um another one is don't drop your bow don't let your bow get knocked over and sometimes it's out of your control because maybe you got to uh, my buddy calls it the grunt box. Maybe you got to go take a shit and you got to go to the grunt box and someone else knocks your bow over. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but if it lands on your sight and said throws your sight off, it might take you a couple to come back. In which case, you're going to have to 22 a little more than just the easy stuff. <clears throat> so, you know, watch your stuff. Like, I like to set my bow next to not other people's bows, but like if I'm, if I, I don't poop at Reading, but if I have to poop, which I don't, but if I have to take a, if I could go to the bathroom, I will make sure my bow is right next to the porta potty. So if something happens, if a wind blows, big fat guy walks by and tips it, it will just lean into the porta potty. I know it seems like anal. You, you could go ahead, you could go so far as to like set your bow down in the grass. You know what I mean? All nice and soft. I don't care. Just make sure your shit doesn't get knocked over, right? Um, and the last one is make sure your sight marks are on. Like, you're about to play a game that is, I mean, 70 targets. You're going to have to set your sight marks for 70 targets. Why would you guess on any of those distances? Like, you, you should just know. If you're, if you're shooting for score, know. Like, if you have, like, just randomly, if you have to shoot an 11-yard shot, know what your 11-yard mark is. 64 yard shot know what that mark is if that's a if that 64 is a low likelihood low percentage success shot figure out what the mark is to give you the high percentage you know and god damn it write it down punch it into your phone whatever uh i do i have archer's mark you know so i can make a sight tape but i really like using um oh no i'm sorry that's archer's advantage online for the sight tape but I do use Archer's Mark because you can punch numbers in on the fly. And to me, that's really valuable because you can, if you don't change shit all season, right, you could effectively roll into your first event, shoot it, figure out what marks are off. And if it's just like little outside of it, if it's like your 101 is off or for some reason or another, your 80 is off. Uh, I mean, it shouldn't be if, if everything else is in, but or your short yardage is off, you could just punch those numbers in. It'll save it. You don't have to put a shot mark in. You just punch it in. It'll say shot in. You could say no. You could say yes if it's close enough. But um, and, and that will stay with you for the rest of the season. And you could keep building and refining that sight tape. I mean, it, technically it's not a sight tape if it's on your phone. But you know what I'm saying. Your marks will be on. Um... And that kind of leads me to this other thing is like, no excuses in this game. I hear excuses constantly. 
generally not from any of my friends, but man, it's like you either did your homework or you fucking didn't do it. There's no excuses, all right? If you make a shitty shot, if you bitch out on execution, that's what happens. It's not going in. And if you get lucky and it goes in, hey, that's wonderful. I mean, do it 140 more times, you know? Rock on. Um, the other thing is, I mean, aside from me being negative, don't be negative. Especially if you have to shoot for three days, God forbid, four days, um, and you're out there. If you, like, get enveloped by this negative energy on blind draw day, which is Thursday, get rid of it. Don't carry that around with you on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, all right? Blind draw, those lower 14 on the blind draw is for anyone that doesn't know what I'm talking about, what you do, because you're listening to this, you just got back from predating. The blind draw is the lower 14 or the first 14 or whatever you want to call it, and they're super tiny dots. They throw those out there to really get people guessing on what their weekend's going to be like. And uh, it's hard. But a lot of people just got crushed by that, where they were like, holy shit, something's wrong with my bow. My setup's wrong. You know, I can't hit anything. It's like, dude, shut up. They're tiny dots. Stop being negative. The other thing, people, I don't know if this happens to you personally, but it seems like at big events, Reading and Vegas, anytime someone walks up to me and asks me how I'm shooting, they're just looking for an opening to be like, oh, I shot terribly. This is why no- everything fell apart for me. It's like, dude, stop being negative. More importantly, I don't give a shit. I really don't care how shitty you shot, all right? I don't think anyone does. And, and if they do, then you guys all have to go to therapy, all right? This is not a sport. Well, maybe it is a sport for some people, but, but it's not a thing that you do to just go feel shitty about yourself and then go get in a group of people and talk about how shitty you are. No, we do this to feel good about ourselves. So don't come to me with that, all right? I don't care how bad you shot. And you do your friends a favor. Don't go to them and tell them how bad you shot, all right? Most of them are trying to get drunk after the shoot or they're trying to like, I don't know, snort some blow and you're just bringing them down with all that shit. Just keep it positive. I shot good. Zip, you know? One of my favorite things is my buddy. He uh, he actually didn't shoot good or he shot below what he thought he should have. And he came walking off the field, and I was like, hey, brother, I knew he's a good shooter, all right? Uh, I'm not going to say his name because just know he's, he's a great shooter. And uh, I'll try to do an impression. You can, If you guys know anything about Northern California Arts, you can try to guess who he is. But I was like, hey, buddy, how'd you do? He's like, mm, not good. And I sucked a bag of dicks. I don't want to talk about it. Bam. That was perfect. Like, you know what? Don't relive it. Just let it go. There's another day coming. There's 20 more targets you could try again. And he ended up cleaning his shit up and ended up shooting really good the, the days after. Granted, at that point, for me and him, it's too late, you know? But, uh, man, those people that get together that are just like, oh, I don't, you know, how I shot so bad. Dude, go to therapy. Go to therapy. Join a men's group. Uh, I don't know. Get that shit away from me, though, all right? And on the flip side... Don't tell me how good you shot either. I don't care. I truly don't care. Unless you shot better than me. If you shot better than me, I'll listen for a little bit because maybe you got something I want to (laughs) know. Maybe there's a little secret here or there. 
I, I was picking the brain of Kevin Wilkie the, from Kuyu and Hoyt, man. Like, a lot of people don't know this, but I, I think they just think Kevin's just the, the Kuyu guy. And, you know, maybe he's, he's definitely made an effort to make himself the Kuyu guy, but that dude can fucking pound. And it's it's unreal. He, uh, I, I took a bunch of pictures of his bow. He does not run hardly any weight on his front and back bars. I mean, there's weight on there, but not a lot. Which leads me to believe that that guy has a shot, like a, a shot, I don't want to say shot process, but his shot is dialed in. He gets up to the line, he's confident, he nails those shots. He does not come off the field and go, oh man, I fucking dropped blah, 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 my day was so good, and now I'm going to I'm gonna throw a toaster in the bathtub because I, I missed one. It's like, no, no, he doesn't do that. He came off, I remember I asked him, he was like, how'd you do? He's like, I only dropped, I think it was like two or three. And I was like, sweet. And he's like, yeah. He's like, it's pretty damn good, huh? It's like, fucking A, Kevin Wilkie. That dude's my, he's up there. He's As far as my new Mark Rubio goes, he's he's on par. Um, just so people know, if you get sick of hearing me fanboy about certain shooters, I fanboy. I like, I think I'm like 36 now. I admire shooters, okay? If you don't like it or you think it's gay, I don't give a shit, <laughs> okay? You know what's gay? Is, uh, well, I'm not going to say it. It's kind of messed up. I know gay people that can shoot really fucking good. Probably better than you, okay? <laughs> anyway. Um, so let's see. Uh, I got through a lot of that stuff. Things to prepare. Uh, shoot your sight marks in, all right? Everyone knows it's a three-yard target in Reading. All right? Maybe a two-yard. We don't know exactly. But everyone knows it's there. Don't just rely on your sight tape calculator to figure it out for you. Because you can't trust it at that distance. It's too too close. Shoot it in. Do your homework. Get rid of these excuses. All right. If you're gonna drop one, if you're gonna drop one anywhere, don't let it be on the fucking three yard target. That's some easy easy shit. All right. They're basically giving it to you. They're just. It's like a question on a test in school that they gave you a week in advance, and then they're and then that it's worded word for word exactly the same on the test. All right, it's there. You can do it, and it's an easy one. When was George Washington born? Everyone fucking knows that. It was like 1993 or something. I don't know, but anyway, um, shoot your competition set up before the event. All right, that's the other one. In this little subsection, I wrote of preparing. All right, if you're gonna prepare for reading, sight marks is one. Two, shoot your competition set up. Don't change shit before reading. Right. I know a guy, I won't say his name, if he does happen to listen to this, I hope he doesn't take offense. He did really great in an event three weeks before Reading, right? Let's break the barriers. Uh, he smoked me. He smoked me at this event, break the barriers. Tiny Dots, arguably harder than Reading, right? He smoked a lot of people. And he told me, like, oh, man, I've been waiting to beat you for years, you know? And it's like, cool, man, cool, you did good. You did stellar according to that score. Um, I told him, take that setup, shoot it in Fresno. The Fresno Safari was coming up two weeks after. I said, shoot it in Fresno, make sure it's good and you'll be good for Reading. And he said something like, I can't remember what it was, but basically it was, ah, I'm not gonna go to Fresno. All right, well, that's fine. You don't have to go to Fresno to verify that, that bow is still pounding. Um, you could just go out and shoot on a Sunday give yourself eight hours or six hours or whatever, go to your local range and 
shoot it like you're in a competition. Make sure nothing's moving. And then uh, I saw him in Reading, and he was telling me, oh, oh, my sight marks changed, or this happened, that happened. It's like, dude, if you're going to whoop everyone's ass to break the barriers, don't bring any excuses anywhere else, because that was a hard fucking shoot, you know? The reason why something changed is because you weren't on top of it. Like, if you're at this level, if you if you want to be at the level you're a competitor, there's no excuses, you know? You just should have should have taken that bow and shot it the week before. Or if, I don't know, why would sight marks change anyway, all right? String stretches, cable stretches, something like that. Is this a brand new bow? Because after about 200 shots, shit shouldn't stretch anyway. I'll say 500 shots. Shit shouldn't stretch. That should not be an option. Now, I'm, I'm shooting stock strings on my Matthews bow. And as far as I can tell, the consensus, the general consensus from the archery public is that zebra strings are right above shooting actual pieces of dog shit. And I have had to retime them twice. They haven't moved. They have not moved. So maybe they are dog shit. They seem to work just fine for me. And I don't know if that's like uncool to still shoot the stock strings. I'm just, I don't have time to be fucking around with new set of strings, you know, uh, set up your knock point, uh, peep height, all this other bullshit, new D loop. I time the whole thing, then do my 500 shots and retime it. Uh, I just don't have time for that. So, uh, shoot your setup and verify, uh, you know, verify that bow is your tool to making shit happen. Um, and another way you can do that is don't change stuff that will change your point of impact right before an event. Right, uh, your sight marks and everything are your point of impact. So why would you change shit that would change your point? It's like building a new set of arrows, you know, and then expecting them to hit on top of your sight tape. Or I should say, a new set of arrows, different spine, different point weight, different fletchings. Right? If you did that, all those things, I don't care if they come out to the same weight, they will not fly the same. They won't hit the same. If they do, all right. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't change stuff that will change your point of impact. I don't know if D-loop will do it because it'll change your anchor-ish. But I wouldn't change my D-loop right before reading. I wouldn't nudge my peep sight up a half inch. I wouldn't... Uh, see, what else could you do? I wouldn't just take an Allen wrench and take a spin out of my arrow rest. It's just none of that stuff. <laughs> It goes back to verifying your competition setup. Verify it. Don't change it. Don't fuck with it. One thing I do do that I'm guilty of, do do, is um, I will add or subtract an ounce from the end of my stabilizers. And I probably shouldn't. But, you know, I'm looking for the magic fix. That's not there. It's all in my brain. You guys shouldn't do that. Right? Do as I say, not as I do. I promise I won't do that next year. <laughs> so, I am, you know, with Reading coming to a close, I'm happy because I welcome indoor. I love indoor because it's where you can really, like, figure out how you shoot your bow. Um, but one thing that's great about outdoor is, I mean, it's a lot of fun. You get fresh air. I am super tan right now. I came walking off the field looking like Wesley Snipes. And... uh I am a healthy, healthy brown. Um, I am glistening. Um, and it's all because it's outside. You get fresh air. I mean, I, 
think I lost a little bit of weight and uh, still eating. Oh, Lord knows I was eating. Man, a lot of God references in this podcast. Weird, weird. Um, anyway, one thing about shooting outdoors, it's, it's beautiful, fresh air, lots of nice people. Um, it's a lot of homework. If you want to shoot safari style or field archery style, uh, there is homework involved. Uh, if you want to shoot indoor, there's really no homework other than setting your shit up and learning how to shoot. But for safari style, i.e. redding or field archery, here's the basic homework that you need to do, right? One, tune your bow. I, most people strive for a bullet hole. My good buddy will shoot it, his bow with a one-inch left hair or maybe greater, and he can shoot better than me. So tune it the best you can. Um, the other homework, sight marks and sight tape. I feel like I hammered that into the ground. Beat a dead horse, whatever you want to call it. Make sure your sight marks are on. No excuses. Um, after that is the third axis. Like, or no, you know what? Skip that. Not skip it, pause it. After sight marks is shot in marks. Those are marks that don't coincide with your sight tape that you need. Two yard, three yard, 101, 100, 106, whatever, right? Make sure you have those marks. Make sure they're correct on your program, on your sight tape. I know Buck Havrand, he's like this grizzled old fuck out of, what, Gridley? I don't know if he wants me saying where he lives. But he used to print out a sight tape and then print out other sight. He would, like, figure out his 80 to 100. Then he'd print those out and then cut them with scissors and fucking wheat paste them together. Or I don't know how they used to glue things back in the you know, back in the seventies, but he would like, he'd have a sight tape that was a bunch of, it was like three sight tapes put together. If you have to do that, fucking do it, get it done. Cause God knows we don't want to hear those excuses. <laughs> um, okay. Now going back third axis, fix your third axis. All right. If you torque your bow, which a lot of people do, I do shooting uphill and downhill, your arrows will drift out to the right or they'll drift out. If you, if you really got wonky hands, they'll drift out to the left, right? Fix the third axis. And a lot of people are like, I need a hamskia to do it. I have a hamskia. I didn't use it to fix my third axis. You want to know how to do it real easy? Just go to a steep hill, shoot up, and then adjust your third axis until it's in the middle. Then go to a flat spot, shoot it shoot your flat spot is it good yes good you did it good is it bad oh then you fucked it up go back and do it again all right should only take 20 minutes if you're like a lepton uh you know it might have taken me a little longer but it got done and it's perfect and i'm never going to change it you really got to do it once unless you're someone who like is going to run out and buy a new site right after reading Um, let's see. So that's one, two, three, four, five. Number five is stabilizer weights. Figure out how, what, you know, I'm not going to tell you, there's no magic, you know, there's no magic setup for stabilizer weights. There's no, you know, one to three ratios is bullshit. One to four ratio is bullshit. Uh, one to one ratio, less bullshit. But if you think it's going to work for you, you're full of shit. Uh, Figure out the stabilizer weights that you need to hold the middle, all right? If you're dipping out the bottom, too much weight somewhere. Figure it out. Um, 
yeah so figure that figure that stabilizer weight game out i mean i think putting too much on seems to be a problem more than not enough uh but you know i'm still working it out but i can tell you it's something that should be on your homework list if you see those guys those pros out there they didn't just throw an arbitrary amount of weight on their bow and said yeah that looks about right i'm just gonna eyeball it or throw a bunch on and thought yeah that makes me look that makes me look like the big swinging uh pendulum (laughs) all right and then uh last thing on the homework list which probably should be the first thing or right after bow tune is center shot um some people call it walk back tune french tune whatever i mean it's real simple if you want your center shot on point shoot something close zip your sight over until you're hitting middle Step back to 65 yards or 80 yards if you want to be real, real nice about it. Fact, you know, cast off a bunch of arrows and adjust your arrow rest until it's hitting middle. Then go back to the close, shoot it again, make sure it's in the middle. That's it. That's center shot. That's French tuning. That's all that crap in a nutshell. All right? Don't overthink it. That's all you have to do. All right? The very last thing for this is going to be to manage your expectations. If you shoot a 440 field round, don't expect to shoot a 1520, you know? Well, I guess getting back to the reading thing, right? Set your benchmarks realistically because you don't want to become discouraged. You want to be encouraged to do better every time. And honestly, after this last weekend, I'm hoping that this... I guess you call it a sting. The feeling that I have right now, it, it's lighting a fire in me to want to figure out that next level. You know, for, for me personally, that next level is hitting 1530. And those are like the guys like Blake Jerome, Kevin Wilkie. Um, I don't want to say Chris Perkins because 39 is like the next level above that. And I probably will never hit it. I'm, I'm happy just being in the 30s. I'm a, I'm a dad now, so the amount of commitment that I want to put into this sport has a ceiling. It has a a spot where I'm I'm happy to not go beyond. I want to be effective, I want to be a good shooter. I don't have to be the best, you know. <clears throat> not that <clears throat> it's possible, <laughs> but at one time Jaboy was one hell of a shooter. So it pretty much wraps up, you know, what I had to say. I thought this was going to take a lot, a lot longer. I thought I was going to have to split this into, like, three different parts. But <clears throat> hopefully this puts it into context for a lot of you guys. 1500 is doable. It's very doable. You can do it. Don't overthink it. And don't get caught up on the dumb shit, all right? The, there is plenty of dumb shit out there. Uh, you know, as far as shooting in the sun goes, it's hot. Reading is always hot. I think it was like 90 one day and then 80 another day. For anyone that lives in the Bay Area or like near, like coastal, like me, um, that's scorching. Uh, my buddy and I found this really cool trick though that if you take a cap full of Himalayan salt when you get back from shooting, take a, a cap full of it, shoot it down, and then drink a bunch of water, drink a gallon of water after that. I mean, probably throughout the course of the night. I'm not telling you to go pound a gallon of water right now. I'm not trying to get sued. Don't do that. 
but sip down a gallon of water that night after that cap full of Himalayan salt, you will not get dehydrated. I don't know if I should say that. I don't get dehydrated. Whether or not you do is, I guess, a matter of your own personal nutrition. But hopefully, you know, you can do that trick and it'll help. Maybe you guys have your own tricks for not being dehydrated the next day. Bravo. Good job. Keep it up. Um... You know, with that being said, that's pretty much everything. Uh, I, you know, I don't have anything else really to say other than these episodes and the upcoming episodes are partly sponsored by DB Custom Coatings, right? That is a coating uh, business out of Napa, and they specialize in all kinds of shit, mainly high-precision preci- high stuff, but they do bows. And they do bows really well. Uh, I've had three bows Cerakoted from Darren at DB Custom Coatings. They're on Instagram at DB Custom Coatings. Um, they do a great job. And everyone knows, like, the stock colors on bows, they're pretty, they're pretty lame. <laughs> I think Matthew's new, like, OD green on their V3, that looks sick. But let's be real. Hoyt did that first with buckskin, and that was the shit. And they don't really offer that anymore. Uh, you can still get it if you go to DB Custom Coatings. Uh, other than that, West Coast Archery is who sponsors me personally. Um, it is the best shop in the Bay Area. If you live, you know, most people are going to listen to this, probably going to live in Central California. They're probably going to go to a shop like Predators or Jim Cox. And not to put those shops down, they're not good compared to West Coast. Okay, go to West Coast, save yourself a day, take a, you know, take the day off of work if you're balling, or on a, on a Sunday, when you should be practicing, but you're, you know, too much of a weenie to go practice, go drive up to Petaluma, go see Hans and Adrian at West Coast, my man Rudy's working there, if you really want the truth on something, if you want the the answer on something, Rudy will find that answer for you. If you, if you want something that, you know, most shops don't have, they most likely got it at West Coast. Um, so West Coast is, uh, you know, those are my people there. Uh, the other thing is Carbon Craft Stabilizers. I love Carbon Craft Stabilizers. I've done deflection tests. It's on my Instagram, at Wendeezy on Instagram. Um, those are the bar, basically, that, that sets the bar, is the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. If you had to shoot one that's better, uh, doesn't mean I'm not open to trying them. If you have a bar that's better than a Carbon Craft Stabilizer, I shoot a 30 and a 10, or a 30 and a 15, either one. You send them to me. If you don't care about getting them back, I'll test them. I'll give you an honest, an honest review. Um... Carbon Craft Bars are the best. My buddy Adam makes them. Uh, I think they're sold out of Impact Archery in Fresno. Uh, You know, hopefully you're not trying to get them quick because at the moment, Adam just has so many hobbies. It takes him forever to make a fucking, two fucking carbon bars for somebody. But they're good. They're good. My, you know, those are my friends that have ordered them and have them, like them. Uh, Got nothing negative to say. Um, And that's it. That's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope it wasn't too offensive. Uh, I got plenty more that are coming down the pipeline. Um, you know, you guys can check out uh, Rudecast Archery Podcast. That's where 
me and Rudy do some stuff. We talk about stuff. Rudy's a little more refined than myself, um, which is why I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to do something independent and something where I can just say whatever I want, which I will, and I'm sure it will come back to haunt me some way or another. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And, uh, oh, check out, if you can, if you have money to burn, I have a red bubble, what they call a red bubble account called DZ Does Archery. There's links on my Facebook. There's links on this, you know, podcast notes, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I have a bunch of shirts that I've designed. Some of them are cool. I like them. I own one. <laughs> Check it out. All right, guys. Uh,